1: So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not the
0: phenomenon is
1: moving. The digital you have now content. joined Jenny from the
0: blockchain and Michael Keane on it's the queen. nft catcher podcast
2: what's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of the nft catcher podcast with me Jenny from the blockchain and my co-host Michael Keane today's interview we have special guest Ledger joining us who is the co-host of the up only podcast And uh, founder of Flip.xyz, Ledger. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Yes. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to bring you on because I'm a huge fan of Up Only. I feel like everybody listening to this has probably heard of Up Only. It's one of the most popular crypto podcasts and also YouTube shows. Um. And you guys actually even interviewed Vitalik Butrin. The founder of uh, the creator of uh, Ethereum, which is like so insane. And I definitely want to find out more about that. Like, how was that for you? But also, Michael, what's up? How are you doing?
1: I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited for this interview. I actually watched when Flip, it was only a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago that you guys launched, right? The fantasy game. Yeah, I wanted to get it in for whatever reason, time wise. I didn't like, I think I even signed up, but I didn't still can. But it's still okay. Okay, good. Nice. I, I was on the site today and I saw. Somebody made, like, 90 ETH in their, in their flips. Yeah, wow.
3: yeah. people, I mean, they say NFTs have been down only, but, you know, a lot of people in profit in the game. So yeah, it's, no it's been interesting. Yeah. There yeah. would have been some, like, mimetic interest if, like, the top, like, the leader was just at flat, like, break-even because they hadn't made a trade.
1: Right. Right. But, you
3: know, there's been people turning some profits, making yeah, some Yeah, doing good really flips. well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It's a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Thank you.
2: Yeah, we definitely got to get into into that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. first, we do want to hear about your NFT journey, how you got into the NFT and Web3 space. And I'm sure it started with crypto, but...
3: Yeah, Uh, I was going to tell you, when you mentioned interviewing Vitalik and what that was like, it's really funny. There's only a couple of guests that we've ever had where they just straight up show up early. Like, I hop into the call, it's like, someone's waiting. And two of them have been... Vitalik and Joe Lubin. And it's like, what the heck? Like these guys are early. I've got 10 minutes with the co-creator of Ethereum. What am I gonna say with this guy? And it's like, I how, how you doing? And if you'll just excuse me, I'm setting up OBS mm. and like these frames, and you know, hope you're doing well. And I have so many opportunities of stuff I could be saying, and I got nothing. Got absolutely That's nerve-wracking,
2: honestly. Yeah showing like, up 10 minutes early, no. Yeah, it's really wow. it's really
3: early. All of a sudden you're presented with so much time with someone when you're expecting yeah. it to start a, you know particular time. And, and, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. I need Kobe there to like bounce my nerves off of and, and relax the show. But yeah, so he got, he got there early is the answer to that of what it was like. And it made me nervous.
1: That's some alpha for successful people, isn't it? That's show right. Really show up on time.
3: Absolutely. Um, In terms of how I got into NFTs in particular, for me, it actually was the second stage of getting more involved on chain in general through DeFi summer in 2020. If y'all are familiar with kind of that flow that a lot of people went on, but not everybody translated directly from like, Oh, let's trade coins in DeFi or like do yield earning stuff. I don't know if y'all remember like yams and some of those goofy things that you could do, but some of them were very real, right? As Uniswap became popular and liquid as a place to trade. And it was like, now I'm doing all this stuff on chain. I realized how great it is. And holy galley, NFTs uh, have been on chain for a long time and I should be participating in that. And unfortunately I was naturally as I typically am like not the, not the most aggressive. I'm like late to the game, getting dragged along by friends, you know, people had already minted art, some art blocks and like, punks had had some kind of move already where you could not get a punk for like five ETH anymore. It was like 30. I was like, there's no way I'm paying 30 ETH for a punk even if it goes to hundred ETH, you know? So I cannot remember what my first NFT purchase was, but it was, it was really like at the beginning of 2021 when a lot of stuff was like minting and then doing well. And so I, I, w- I was doing some mints and I was buying some stuff uh, after market as I saw things go on. I was just kind of discovering it with everyone else. Honestly, there was not any heavy alpha, but I was comfortable with doing things on chain because of DeFi summer. And as uh, again, from like a price of crypto perspective, if y'all remember everything, the how crazy things went and summer 2020 with DeFi really changed the game of crypto entirely to me because it made it fun and it was like this is what crypto is about like doing stuff actually with the blockchain and not being on a centralized exchange and you're just swapping coins back and forth with other people like you're actually interfacing you're paying fees to use blockchain and you're, you're like all of that nfts make that very real um so DeFi made that very real and then nfts were a natural extension of that but it was after kind of this huge bitcoin run so DeFi summer happened happened and then there was it was not called defi fall because defi stuff was getting smoked and bitcoin like took over in the fall of 2020 and just ran like crazy and i had this high conviction that all those bitcoin profits were going to flow into altcoins nfts literally anything else in the beginning of the year and that's what happened in in january and february that's when nfts really really exploded alongside other altcoins and stuff so yeah i just got and started started trading fts early 2021 and it was a lot of fun and well, of course i hadn't even started flip at that time i was just playing and getting to know things and really enjoyed it uh one of the things that really stuck out to me was ens like that was definitely a clear one to me like the uh, you know coming from the web space so it's uh domain names but for eth addresses this has been needed forever like this makes total sense so i bought a bunch of ens now it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're not in the 10K club. What's wrong with you? It's like, man, I didn't who would have thought like I'm gonna number myself. Oh, you're you know, zero seven one dot Okay,
2: e- okay, tell us your flex. What's your ENS? Come
3: on. Uh so my my public one is just uh um, oh you're
2: okay so you got a bunch of yeah blots. yeah okay, i got some okay. i got
3: some not doc stuff that's pretty good like dictionary words or brands those kinds of things and we can talk about those offline <laughs> hey. you know like I, I i was trying to debate at the time you know you're buying something off the dutch auction after it expires i did that some and uh or just like finding a dictionary word or three or four letter word and you're like eh, should i do this and um, The answer was yes, you should do that. But what you should really do is just register all these stupid numbers. And Bob Laxative, I don't know if y'all know him. He's kind of an OG, but he's also just this crazy person. Bought tons and tons of numbers, and he was telling the in the internet on on Twitter like buy three, four, five digit numbers, whatever you can get, and gobbled them all up. And I was like, this is insane. Like this makes no sense. So I don't. I am not in the 10k club. I'm not in the 100k club. Got nothing. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I got some freaking awesome like Grail. E, the you know ENS addresses, but none of them fit these categories that everybody has created the liquidity around, and liquidity is a big deal with NFTs. So I'm like, oh well, you know I'm I'm in it for the names, you know. <laughs> so I uh, so I really like ENS. I really like some of the communities that exist. I got involved with like fluffs people troll me on and up only kobe trolls me all the time about fluff world but i was like hey this has original audio they're 3d they have motion to them like there's these scene swaps there's all this cool stuff that they built in from the very beginning i'm like you love or hate the bunnies like that's not really the point to me it's kind of all this other stuff they created that other communities were like oh yeah we're gonna like evolve and do these things and create these like interactive experiences with NFTs and mutations with NFTs. And they did that like from day one. I thought that was really neat. So that's why I got, um, you know, I, I minted some and then I bought some um, and and it was a great one. And I, I love that one because people also trolled me for it constantly. It's like, you can never be more sure of a winner than when everyone else hates it.
2: <laughs> you know? I literally, I was like, so my boyfriend also really likes the Up Only podcast. And I was like, what should I ask him? And he's like, ask him about Fluff World. <laughs> and i was like why why he's like just do it and lo and behold you mentioned it
3: yeah yeah i mean it was a it was a good one there was also um there's tons of stuff that we could talk back through in terms of random collections but there's i mean there's a lot of stuff that i would also just i would never want to look back at how much i paid let's put it that way (laughs) i bought by the time i got into art blocks i bought the pico top pico top like of art blocks yeah, of, of, our, of, of art of blocks. Wait, which,
1: were, you, which? were you buying like Chrome squiggles and?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't commit. My my Chrome squiggles did all right. Like, yeah, I mean, but, Chrome squiggles has been kind of like what ten to fifteen ETH for, for uh, a
1: long time. It has, yeah, yeah, so
3: I think I bought a couple, and they were both in that like uh, ten to twelve ETH type of range. So right. they're all right, as long as I don't look them in dollars. Um, <laughs> and then, no one that I definitely remember I got wrecked on was Ecumenopolis, which is uh, art blocks playground, which is not curated at that time curated stuff was going bananas and i was like these ecumenopolis are awesome they look like cities um but made out of you know like pretty colors so it's got um it's got some uh, nice nice vibes about it uh and i i really liked the art of them and i was like i had just sold my um my honorary board ape i had an honorary board ape which
2: wait what you did yeah yeah
3: so keyboard keyboard monkey hates wow. me for this like he he always gave me a hard time because he's like you don't do anything with nfts and they just <laughs> you don't you. deserve
2: <laughs> this yeah basically Damn. he's like you don't
3: deserve this and so kevin rose had reached out to me before moonbirds and he reached out to me and was like hey would you be interested in selling me your honorary ape and i was like yeah i mean i uh, yeah <laughs> Like Yeah, Yeah, it depends on the price, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there was another guy who was not, he wasn't like flipping them. He wasn't putting them back for sale. It was somebody with some really old ETH and a whole lot of it, like thousands and thousands of ETH who was buying some of the honorary apes for, you know, like high, uh, high amounts of ETH, like, I don't know, 75 to 100 something ETH. So I had actually reached out to that person and was like, You know, if you're still interested, I would offer mine, but just to you. I didn't want like a fan of up only to go buy my honorary ape for like a hundred. Why not? I don't know. It's just like there's one that you give Wait, wait, wait. So so Kevin
2: Rose comes to you and he's like, Yo, can I buy your ape? And you're like, wait a minute, let me get to this other guy that has been buying a lot. No, I didn't
3: even pitch him a sod or anything like that. I was like, Well, I offered it to this dude. So I'll I mean I'd happy I'd be happy. You know what you're doing. Like, I'll I'll offer it to you for the same price. And he's like, Yep, that's fine. And he, uh, so he bought it for I think it was one hundred and eleven ETH. Which uh, one is your? Which heck?
1: one is yours? Oh, it's yeah, the one.
3: It's one? The, got like the Solana background and like the glowing L for led, like Ledger status. If you, most people don't even remember, like my I had a logo for like Ledger status. It wasn't supposed to be my name. It was supposed to be a brand. Um, so it's got an L on it. It's got like this purple sun in the background. Oh, I the go find it for it.
1: us. Got it. I got it. Yeah. yeah what number? What it. number is it? Number yeah. thirty one.
3: There you go. So it's like one of the most traded honorary apes now because I sold it to Kevin Rose for 111 ETH. He I, it turned out I did not recognize this. When he announced that he bought it, it was like his first ape. And he was like, I just I thought it'd be really cool to buy an honorary from somebody that was deep into the community. I was like, whoa, I'm like not deep into the ape community. They just made these for people that had a Twitter following or a podcast, whatever, whatever. Get, you know, gave them the reasoning for, for creating the honoraries. Yeah. And so he had this kind of fundamental misunderstanding that I didn't really realize until it was done. But one of the things I told him I would do was I would take the the ETH from it and, like, go ape, like ape into some other stuff, basically. Like, i just, like, ro- pay it forward in the NFT space. Um, yeah, because so- the
2: honoraries don't get any benefits whatsoever. Like, they're just you know oh, oh the original holders they get the mutants they get the kennel dogs but like honoraries literally yeah, there's they like no benefits to them
3: no but they were still i mean they were but, worth yeah, a tremendous cool. amount of money yeah, yeah. um now was like you know that's pretty life-changing amounts of money um so i can't like look my family straight in the eye and say hey would you take hundreds of thousands of dollars for this jpeg the answer is yes i think i will um so i did and, but my response to that, because I told him I would, was to basically reinvest it. And I reinvested it into the top of our blocks. <laughs> nice. um, so as a follow-up, Kevin eventually kind of, re- I think he just kind of realized what he did and was like, eh, you know, I don't have the same feeling. So he, he paper handed it, to be honest, he sold it for 60 ETH and took a loss on it. No. And the, and that was that was like when the, you know I guess apes had dumped or something. And so he he sold it for sixty East. The dude that bought it from him turned around and sold it again for two hundred East.
1: Three oh, months so. later, I... yep. Three months yep. later. Three months and later. Kevin yeah. Rose sold it like a couple of weeks after he bought it.
3: Was it only a couple of weeks? I thought it was a month. It's, couple it's months, within but...
1: it's with it's within a month because it says the hundred and eleven sale was a year ago, and the sixty sale was a year ago, and then the, the two hundred was nine months.
3: Yeah yeah so it was you know a couple months and then the but the person that bought it flipped it from sixty to two hundred in like no time um, so I was like simultaneously, I feel kind of bad for Kevin, but he's a big boy made millions and millions of dollars. you know he'll be all right, uh and I'm kind of proud yeah. of the next person that flipped it to two hundred eth like it still went higher than what I sold it for, so you know it's not like I sold the top or anything like that. Um, but it was just a funny story. And then, you know, the other side of that funny story is that I go and pay like 26 ETH for an Ecumenopolis, which the floor on those is like three ETH now or maybe less uh, at lower dollar value. So it just got absolutely obliterated on that. Ball Thanks for heaven.
2: being someone's exit liquidity. Uh, I was totally <laughs> someone's
3: exit liquidity. And I was like, God, these are beautiful. They're just going to go for it. It wasn't even the only one I bought the top. It was just the only public, but, you know, like, um, but about several collections that I just thought were cool reinvested in avid lines was one of my favorite in it for the arts uh did
1: you buy sailor bots at the top because i sold a couple
3: at the top no i did not Uh, that would that would have been funny see i didn't buy sailor bots because i didn't really like them because they're
1: horrible they're the ugliest things i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they're the worst the worst they sat they sat at like 0.05 for months after i bought it and i was like these are like my least favorite nfts i was like but why would i sell them for so cheap and then when art blocks had this moment you're talking about, they went up to like eight or nine eth and I sold them I sold them like really high. yeah. I, I had some friends those. that
3: were buying those for eight or nine. Yeah. ETH. So I know they, who your exit liquidity was, yeah. but it
1: wasn't wow. uh, nice no, uh,
3: <laughs> but yeah, so I bought like avid lines are a derivative collection from autoglyphs, like the O G mm, yeah. art now uh, autoglyphs
1: is like one of the that's like a three hundred floor right now or something i think yeah
3: yeah they're free. really expensive and so avid lines there's only 500 of them they're derivative of autoglyphs and they're really cool like I, th- that's the only nft that I, I i made sound panels out of them and they're in my office um not this office uh a, uh a, 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 another building but it's uh like that those are really cool they're, they're like these 36 inch prints uh on fiberglass panels and i freaking love them a lot I like what yours are there jenny the uh, yeah so I, I love avid lines uh have not made a penny on them. you know like all the stuff i love just gets smoked and then the stuff that like i think is interesting and i'm willing to buy but like i'm i don't know i'm not like in love with the art of fluffs or something but i did really well on fluffs, you know or uh, what about your collection.
2: PSP right now? You have it's kind of like a pudgy penguin, but it's like you like did something to it.
3: Yeah, so that's that's my buddy um vinyl. So zero x vinyl. This is a derivative collection of penguins that maybe like some people got dropped them if they had a penguin. Anyway, I kind of I i shared his username on Twitter at one time. I was like, this guy makes cool stuff, and ever since then. He basically makes an honorary of any collection he creates. So he created this like derivative pudgy penguin thing and some other stuff. And he just uh, has given me one every single time. And I think they're awesome. I've never sold one. I just like make it my profile pick. So I love, I love the penguins. One of my favorite collections in communities. You say anything about penguins, good, bad, or otherwise, your your timeline just has like 200 penguin avatars that liked it, retweeted it, quote tweeted it, it commented like they're hardcore they have a strong
2: community for sure yeah
3: they're a strong community really cool and never had the pump that they deserve to be honest like the penguin floor i don't think it's ever gone above like three eth and like in my opinion the penguin floor needs to be double digit eth for sure
2: oh snap yeah keyboard monkey rocking it as is pfp i mean that's got to say something come
3: on it's it's got a great community and um Anyway, that's so yeah, I love I love the penguins and that's so vinyl has he's done a bunch of stuff in the FT landscape, but he's he's been very uh, giving and like, I I just I just when I see somebody doing something consistently that's interesting, and his was just sharing stuff, creating things for people. um, I shared his name a couple times ever since then he was like, man, you put me on the map and I was like, well, I just shared stuff that I thought was cool. So I like to rock the PFP for um, the stuff that he gives me.
2: That's awesome. Um, how did you, what's the backstory behind Ledger, your username?
3: Yeah, um, it's pretty boring. Uh, nobody's that. I'm I'm pretty boring. <laughs> so I came from the web space and specifically, if anybody's familiar with the WordPress world where it started as a blogging platform, but then a lot of websites got built with it. Um, so when you're writing a blog post, you know, at first it's in draft and then it's published and then it's archived if you delete it or whatever um so that is literally the status of the post so i created a website in 2010 no 13 2013 i was uh, um that was basically a blog about the wordpress space and like that's that was my first business um almost like an industry thing for that world and so the the website was called post status because it's like uh, you know just about the state of the industry kind of like the state of that blog post Um, so when I got interested in crypto stuff, uh, the something status, like kind of stuck out to me, like something, and then the status of it, uh, like how to keep up with it basically. And so, you know, in crypto, you have like a a public ledger. So I was like, what about ledger status? You know, that makes sense. You know, just derivative of the same thing that I had elsewhere. And then, so the name ledger status was born, no affiliation to the wallet. I probably didn't even know what the wallet was (laughs) at the time. But then, like, since then, people think, like, I'm, like, the status of uptime or downtime for the wallet software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people will be like, I'm so mad I can't connect to my ledger, at ledger, at ledger status. Like, screw you. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, oh, that's me- awesome. Yeah. So that's where it came from. And then um, when we started up only everywhere else, I've always said, like, my name is Brian. I, you know, thanks for coming on podcast or whatever. On Up Only, people were like, who are Jordan and Brian? Y'all are Kobe and Ledger. So everybody just Mm -hmm. called me by Ledger. So I was like, all right, I just capitulated, basically. Like, I don't have to call myself Brian. I'll just be Ledger.
2: Wow, I didn't even know Kobe's real name was Jordan.
3: It's Jordan. Dox. Drop some some (laughs) Dox alpha there. Sorry. Mm -hmm. He's he's also Dox. That's the thing. Like, both of us, our names have been out there forever.
2: That's crazy. Because, yeah, I, I mean, it's weird because some people they're not like completely anonymous but you kind of feel like they are like i don't know why i felt like kobe was just like an anonymous dude but then i saw his face and am like oh he revealed himself like what and then it's like oh his name's actually out there and all these other things yeah, um, yeah
3: I, I would consider his at one point maybe it was like somewhat pseudo anonymous, but not really like for the most part he would like share something between his anonymous and not anonymous Twitter account. And his scenario is very much like mine. Like he got interested in crypto way earlier and he's like way, way richer. <laughs> but you know, he, he yeah, was he's like, like a I'm,
2: billionaire, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm following
3: way too many people um, about talking about crypto stuff. None of my like other people care. So I need a special Twitter account and that's where crypto Cobain came from, which turned into Kobe, which is a great handle. I wish I knew how I got that. Like, I'm super jealous the the handle switch uh and all and all of the stuff that's included there but um yeah so in in the podcast everybody was like quit saying your names like nobody cares you're you're ledger shut up and ever since then now my family or my personal friends whenever they've seen the podcast because you know like we interviewed mark cuban and you know vitalik a couple of these people that are pretty well known i was like it's kind of cool i want to share it with my you know, my mom and she's like well why do they call you ledger <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I love that. Michael, I mean,
2: I don't
1: want to hog all the questions. No, this is good. This is good stuff. What were some of the other early NFT projects you got into? I like Fluff as well. That's actually a really good ecosystem. It's it's a little bit down from it. I mean, it's probably a lot down from its high, the all the the pieces just like everything is. But that is a really good ecosystem with some cool builders. The ASM Did you get into like those brains, the AI stuff? I kind of got, I minted like 12 fluffs. Um, I sold most of them because they ran up pretty quick. They were like an ETH and a half, like before you even knew it, those fluffs, if you remember. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, I I definitely remember. (laughs) I did did quite a lot in the the fluff ecosystem. Um, Yeah,
1: cool. What were some uh, of the other projects? What were some of the other projects you got into at that point?
3: um, Another one that I haven't actually really sold much of but i thought i think it's been a really great community and it was created by someone that i knew from the web space um was woody's if y'all know the the uh woody's characters somebody Um,
1: mentioned that just recently Woody. the only thing i know about them is they had a bunch of billboards at nft nyc and like oh really driving around yeah and that was like kind of like a red flag i didn't really look into them but a couple people have mentioned that project
3: uh it's been around for a long time. So I don't know yeah. what their billboards would have been about. But yeah, they've just recently created like this. They spent like half a million dollars or something on this uh short film thing. Um so I think they really went about it the right way and um mm-hmm. have appreciated that. But like I mentioned with avid lines, uh another art blocks that I really like too. Uh one are the chimeras, if y'all are familiar with those. They're like these rotating flowers, um, another Renosquitas mosquitoes I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that right um that are are really nice oh I got a bunch of wasties if you know loomdart uh loom dart's project uh, what's this uh,
2: what's the story behind that I feel like those are like behind
3: a wasi in general or yeah yeah so wasties in general was like some derivative character that inverse bra and others just helped uh helped create I don't really know what you would qualify it as but it's kind of become the crypto mascot um, and this is one of the things that's really interesting between the crypto space and the NFT space where there's some crypto native stuff that like your, your people that came in just with NFTs that never really connected with, right? Like the people that basically went insane um, after the 2017 cycle and then the slowness and craziness of 2018, 2019, 2020, and like everything finally recovers. New people come in and they all get make a bunch of money on the NFTs or whatever. And some of those older folks like didn't get it, didn't connect. But some of them did. The ones that did, they like brought the crypto memes from the previous bear markets and stuff. All the memes are made in the bear market, you know. And then they like pull them into NFTs when they get interested in NFTs. So I think that's the best way to describe kind of the wasi culture and stuff. I've got some little plushies in a different room of wasis that are really fun. Yeah. Um,
2: uh yeah, I I noticed it it definitely seems like a crypto Twitter thing and and even um like Zach XBT like rock one as his PFP and it's like I don't know but but I've never seen like the collection on OpenSea or anything. Like is it actually NFTs or it's just like pictures that people are like
3: just uh yeah, yeah. It's, it, no, it's actually okay. it's uh, actually NFTs. There's a Wasi the collection. Um, I need
2: to find this Wasi collection.
3: Yeah. Uh Michael, you got me looking at a couple of some of my graveyard stuff too, man. Like monster blocks I thought were cool. Those were a, uh, I don't even know what you call them. Um, kind of like a a stacking thing. Um, generative masks were really cool. Um, all these were zero. Polymorphs. I feel like if you didn't mint polymorphs and get smoked on those, then you're, uh, you know, it's not quite real. Um, <clears throat> let me find. <laughs> it's funny how many. Like how many do well versus you just still have them? <laughs> yeah. But there's been you know, there's been several several collections, but I I didn't try to spread out too too much. I did finally get a Chromie squiggle. Loved loved having the Chromie squiggle. Oh cryptodes, I love cryptodes. Okay. Um I've got I'm cryptodes uh five two three three, you cute little lime green guy with a purple hat. Um hopefully you didn't buy the top of that one. I probably did. I don't. Know. Uh, I'm almost certain I did.
1: Yeah,
0: like it says 15? six
3: point nine.
1: <laughs> nah, not quite the top. Then, not not quite, quite the top. The
3: top. It's no. uh, now it's one point eight. So, oops. Yeah. Let's see.
1: They got, like, they got up to like they got to play fifteen.
3: Sometimes I'm like totally unplugged. So mm-hmm. I was like, when Moonbird's Oddities came out, one, I bought one because I felt they were kind of cool. I was like, these look a lot yeah. like cryptos, And then it turns out, oh, it's the same guy, same artist. Yeah, exactly. They, like funny. collabed, it, and I didn't even that, know. Like That happened with Jennifer
1: on the podcast. She was like, it looks kind of like cryptos," And I was yeah. like, it's Gremlin."
3: Yeah, I'm like blissfully unaware sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's sometimes I'll dabble, but the, so what we've talked about already are probably the ones where I really got deep. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Rings Genesis is one that I really like for the art. Again, like not worth anything, but uh, the art is cool. You're all familiar with that story. Say so, it again. Which one? Rings Genesis. It's like Ringers out of Art Blocks. Uh, they look. They no, have. A, I'm so,
1: not really familiar.
3: Okay, so there was this whole story. The Rings Genesis. Uh, I think it's Nick Kruger, Uh yep. or Kruger. Yeah. Um. He, the guy that created Ringers was actually inspired like if you look on instagram and all this kind of stuff by the person who created rings genesis but um the ringers guy created nfts of his like kind of algo and whatever that became ringers you know the famous ones with all the black and the yellow and the red um but rings genesis are much more unique per item and they're the same aesthetic appeal and it's actually a little more uh it's a little older as an art form in terms of, you know, somebody that was experimenting with generative art pre-the NFT version of it. So I, I picked up a Ravings Genesis and quite like it. But again, like this has nothing to do with the financial stuff. But these are not wise financial decisions. They're they're just there. Um, you can check out several collections at letterstatus.eth in terms of stuff I've picked up. Some of them are literally like no names and some of them are are more public and then um, you know, some of that stuff's just straight up like things people send me um ghostly ghosts i don't know if y'all know that kind of launched as a, a multi-chain nft i thought they were really, really cute um and i'm sure they don't wrecked but yeah i mean there's a handful the the ecumenopolis that i own now is different than the one i got wrecked on um sold that for a tax loss harvest shout out to tax loss harvests um and then i turned around and bought one that was a little more rare and a little more interesting so it's got kind of this night sky vibe so ecumenopolis number 612 if you check that one out is mine and that's like you know you're part of the community that's my watch background hey. so like, yeah so it's definitely one where i i, I like the art but honestly it, it, it's hard for me to just just dig into a whole ton of them i've gotten to know more of the communities since we did flip um I, like, the, I think the Anato's community is really interesting. Uh, they've partnered with us on some of the fantasy stuff.
2: Yeah, let's talk about foot. Yeah. for a oh, second. Cause...
3: Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. There's oh, okay, one. There's okay. one. Uh, I really like Azukis. Our whole team likes Suzuki's. <laughs> really? I don't
2: Why? Even well, what's is your take there... on the whole Zagabon thing?
3: I don't even know. Like, I think it's all, <laughs> it's all mayhem. It's just I, yeah. like, we don't know their team or anything like that. But when we do when we build stuff internally, a lot of times we'll like use Azukis as a sample collection, and I think they just have a really cool aesthetic appeal. And I, no, I own a couple. Really don't. Yeah, it. I own a couple of Azukis. I'm sure they're down horrendously. I don't know. It's just, well, you're making me feel sad about my investment. They just here. they
2: just announced today that they're um they're doing some type of like they're auctioning off like nine like golden skateboards that'll come with like a physical or whatever. I don't know. Oh, really? like, and they're like 45 pounds each. I don't know. They're like super heavy and everything.
3: Wow. Um the yeah, floor's still I mean, 12 ETH. I mean, that's not so bad, but yeah, they got to like yeah. 30 or something. Um yeah. I didn't buy any in that territory. I'm like I'm 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 um uh, down in USD, if you will. Like I'm kinda I'm probably break even in ETH, uh, but you know, that's that's kind of across the spectrum. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, 30 ETH is, is a little um too much for me.
3: Yeah, I should have sold more. I did sell. I think I did sell my beans though, like for like five ETH a piece. So I made up a d- good chunk of my cost basis. Wow.
2: But, yeah. Nice.
3: Well, I was like, what? What are these things for? Like, they're beans are they're... probably down bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're cute, but I don't need to own those.
2: <laughs> I love know? how they like when they threw. Didn't they drop the beans when they threw that party? And then they were like, "And hey, check your wallets." And then everyone got beans. Like, was it that, or would?
3: Yeah, that, I was, forget if it was, that was an N F T NYC, enough. wasn't it? But
2: that was really freaking cool. Like, oh my gosh, that was definitely the peak of Izuki's, but I I mean that was awesome that they did that.
3: So did you go um, to their N F T NYC pars no, like I red. didn't. I
2: yeah, I didn't go to it because I don't I didn't have an Azuki or anything, but I just like you know saw it on the timeline and just just kind of living vicariously through it. I'm like wow, this is yeah. really
3: dope. It seemed like a really original kind of design structure around the party. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they had an amazing thing going. They were going to be one of the top projects until Zagabaka drama. Of outed, yeah. And then he like
2: he's like yeah. So I also created Chubbies and. What was it on, like something with a Z, and like I was like, wait a minute, those were in rugs. Mm. Right. Yeah, and then that's
3: so- what. Uh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I forgot about that. Yeah. So he I also guess guy-
1: he pretended to be a female dev, yeah, like, yeah, on
2: Twitter.
3: <laughs> 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 See, like he's probably, whoever that is. Who this is probably some anonymous person. We probably yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we, but we probably know them as some other handle that's been it's around since Beanie like twenty thirteen.
2: Right. Oh, really
3: yeah. someone yeah, says- someone that's been around for a long time probably is actually you're probably right
1: you're po- a lot of those people mm-hmm. probably are, and they leave like even the people like eight 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 and uh Sartoshi, like those people that just up and split they're probably someone else we know now
3: was Beanie the one that did Blutes? yeah, 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 yeah. I-, I did not know it was Beanie I did not like beanie, um, and there was somebody else, maybe tropo farmer, somebody like that mm-hmm. who just trolled me endlessly about my honorary ape um
1: oh, and i was yeah. like
3: i don't need these people in my life and you know ignore them i maybe blocked one of them which i very rarely do mm-hmm. um and then blutes yeah. came out and i was like those stupid loot things did so well i'm just gonna buy a blue didn't even know it was them
2: oh <laughs> and no and then it went to
3: zero like i probably bought the top of blutes you know i think i only bought one thankfully but, mm-hmm. um i'm telling more horror stories than positive stories <laughs> but i promise there were some positive stories yeah there.
1: there's some good ones in there, i'm sure
2: Hey, you got the ens yeah. flex, so yeah, yeah. Even though you won't tell us all your dictionary words that you've minted, yeah, I,
3: hadn't, I, need, <laughs> I, need to, I need to sell some. I need to, I need, to get, need to realize the gain on some of those, you know. But that's one where like I've actually held my ens for well over a year, you know. Like been in. You E&S. got the ens
2: drop, the airdrop.
3: Yeah, I got the airdrop. I forgot about that. Okay, um,
2: let's go. Yeah, yeah cool. right. Remember when it was airdrop season? We were just getting free money all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Michael, you were talking about ASM. They had a freaking great drop. Like, I mean, the um, so Altered State Machine has this tight partnership with Fluff World, and I, the stuff that Fluffs turned into is insane. Like, so many other collections. Like, my cost basis was taken care of, like, 20 times over because of Fluff. Nobody realizes right. that. Nobody bl- understands how well this did, but anyway. Yep,
1: yeah, for sure. If you were selling at good spots, that that whole – ecosystem did really well if you kept your
3: fluff even even if you just sold the derivative stuff like the stuff yeah, that you right. had yeah, exactly. access yeah. for and that yeah. kind of thing like, you keep the yeah. original fluff and the rest of it right uh,
1: what did you really get those well. burrows and stuff
3: yeah there's burrows yeah. and thingies and You're the right. ASM world had its own whole crazy moves um, yeah. yeah it's wild but yeah those were those were those are really good <laughs> um, anyway sorry keep going on and on about nah, that opportunities yeah
1: no nah, it's good reminiscing i was doing i was doing all the same stuff at that point buying and selling everything i could in did out. you all go
3: through the uh the og collection phase where it's like oh i gotta own moon cats because they were a 2017 nft you gotta wrap your moon cat and all that
1: jennifer a little more than me uh, yeah you can yeah, talk about I'm- that
2: yeah, although I'm kind of like notoriously known for like spending less than an ETH on things, like not much. So I'm more into like the ones that are going for a lot less. Like right now I'm into Crypto Crystals, which like the floor is like 0.05, but those are from like 2018. And like just ones that are more underrated. I have, uh, what are those card ones called? Oh, um, Curio Cards. And I have yeah, and yeah, like some of those. Was
3: the one, there was another one like Ether Blocks or something like that
2: oh uh oh and there was like ether tulips and stuff which yeah those were also older yeah were the ones.
3: were the ether rocks an old nft or was that just a dumb nft oh
2: my gosh the one really expensive oh gosh, ones, so ones oh, that like yeah wise wise yeah those were old uh I those were from, but yeah those were older like
3: that's one where i think i probably could have gotten one really cheap and i was like this is so dumb i would never do that <laughs> anytime my head was in that in that space in the like spring and summer of 2021 the answer was just do it <laughs> like that's what i yeah. should have done they went to, i think they went to like a 300th floor or something insane like that because there were only 100 of them or whatever
2: yeah yeah they're very limited but man those weren't crazy those yeah. were crazy did you get into the apes at all you weren't into the
1: uh other than the honorary were you
3: i did on mutants but honestly by the time i passed on apes at like a yep. four or five eighth floor yeah, and at, you know I was like I don't know but that was basically the precipice and I, I I, obviously should have just done it when mutants came out I traded them a lot and I held a couple for a while but you know I had it's one of those where I just didn't have the same like emotional attachment or like mm-hmm. the the art interest as an example and this is honestly it's not ever been a good strategy if I really like it I'm more I'm less ruthless with it you know um, and it's you almost have to be in it for the art and appreciate the fact that you like the NFT or don't and be in it for the trade. The, the happy blend has only happened well for me a couple of times. You know, like the the fluff space or the penguins, like those those are an example. And that's why I like talking about them because it's not like they've been detrimental financial decisions, but they've also been like worked out okay from a financial perspective. Yeah. But if you're honestly, you you have to approach it ahead of time. Like, am I okay being in this for the art? Or am I okay just being in this for the trade? I'm not going to participate in the community or any of those things. And obviously like the communities don't really value people that just come in and like, you know, do nothing but trade their stuff. Um, And when we present information on Flip about that, like we try to show more things that are not just price, but we acknowledge price. Whereas I think OpenSea, for example, really tries to de-emphasize price sometimes. Um, And, you know, some other sites as well. And... We try to talk about price, but kind of in context of the collection versus just like, I only want to see data. Don't care anything about what the art is or what the community is or what the related collections are. I don't care anything else. Just show me the data. And, you know, I think that's a little less fun.
2: Yeah. So what's the fantasy, the NFT? I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Michael kind of yeah, was sorry. saying he's checking it out. Um, but yeah, so tell us about the N- NFT fantasy um, thing that you guys are doing.
3: Yeah, so we, we did the the fantasy flip thing mostly because we wanted to give people that they just hadn't had. Like, we started people with a 100 ETH budget, as an example. So it works a lot like fantasy sports, but you're just paper trading with a 100 ETH. And it gives you the opportunity to buy stuff that you probably don't have the opportunity to buy in real life. You know, like, hey, I want an Azuki. It's 11 ETH. You know, <laughs> like, are you going to go drop like $12,000 on an NFT? Maybe not. Uh, But in this, you could buy like several of them and still have some room left, you know, and and you can actually feel what it's like to sweep a collection. People talk about sweeping all the time, but if it's not 0.001 ETH and, you know, going lower, a lot of people could just can't afford to do it. But you you see the people that you really respect in the industry talking about, you know, sweeping the floor of something. And it's like, well, I don't have the cash for that. Or maybe it's just, I want to practice. I want to have fun. I want to understand like, can I cut it in this ecosystem to recognize what can do well before I do real money? Fantasy flip gives every people an opportunity to do that. So you can hop in there, you can go sweep something, and you have that hundred ETH budget, develop your portfolio, track your portfolio, which is really cool, and see the unrealized versus realized gains uh, or losses. It was so funny. Like day one, we were just kind of working, looking through the rankings, and you had a couple thousand people playing actively which was cool and somebody was like down 76 ETH in like two hours oh and gosh like, yeah, how did you do that uh but they did it and so it we created it le- legitimately to be fun it started as a team meetup project where our engineering team actually did it first and my business partner i have two co-founders jennifer and sam and and, and sam created the front end of the website well, he's a back-end developer so the thing looked like geo Cities. But they did it as a, they, they created this backend project because they wanted our, I had mentioned previously, it'd be cool for all of our team to really experience in depth the world of NFTs because some people came from the web and just didn't really know NFTs very well. A few of us did, uh, were more a little more crypto native, but I was like, everybody needs to experience this because you need to know like, what tools do you want as, a, as an investor, speculator, community member, whatever path you take. So they created the first iteration of it on a back-end team meetup. And then for our most recent summer meetup with our whole team, we were like, that was so fun. Like, we, I, I gave a prize to the winner. So the, the winner took home, like, a really nice bonus, basically, of, our internal, yeah, of our internal nice. meetup. And um, so shout out Brock, like, went nuts did awesome we had a few of us that competed and but you know my my co-worker brock won and did really really well probably like i don't know tripled or something his portfolio over the course of uh, a few weeks of that game and we had so much fun doing it we we're like this would be really fun to integrate it in the site one day so that people could play themselves create their own leagues all that stuff so at our most recent we went to italy for our uh, company-wide meetup and so we actually integrated it into the front end of the site built it out fully during our meetup. So those our meetup projects and we launched it when we got back and it's got several advantages, you know, it gives people a way to have fun in a bear market in the last bear market. A lot of us, uh, you know, played games or did other stuff that was kind of crypto or crypto adjacent. Um, if you don't remember heroes, H X R O. Um, they had this game that I played like crazy in 2019. I was like one of the top players of this game where you're just picking is the next five minute candle going to be green or red. <laughs> it's like basically like a slot machine for crypto, and i did really really well with it and had fun so my thought was this could be kind of similar for this bear market that it would be fun a way to learn a way to practice um and we've had great up uh uptake from it there's like 2500 people playing and then the other element that it has is we've had purchase ability from single exchanges you could even do multiple if it's all from openc or all from looks rare something like that, but it's more like a cart experience. We had not introduced the sweeping experience. And my justification for that, I'm kind of in charge of product direction, was honestly like most people aren't gonna sweep all the time, but you know, power users will. Well, lo and behold, in a bear market, you pretty much only have power users, right? So you kind of need to create these power user-friendly tools, somebody that's gonna go sweep and then eventually sell like 20 of something or 40 of something or whatever. And they're playing on momentum and data and all of these things that are different than what a collector would do. Whereas initially, I was trying to say, well, we want to make it possible for a collector to buy, collect, track their portfolio, kind of be this all-in-one solution for NFTs where previously you were trying to sell somebody that says, hey, how do I get started? And you're like, collect eight platforms and tools, pull them all together, and maybe it'll work. So the whole idea was flip. We call it the smart way to NFT because You can just kind of drop all that. And I want to see rarity. I want to see my portfolio. I want to track things. I want to discover collections. I want to buy. I want to do whatever I need to do. You can do it in flip and kind of trust that it works. And then we realized, like, okay, people really want to sweep stuff. They really freaking love sweeping stuff. And there's other order types that we're working on as well. So the the fantasy flip is just sweeping, basically. And from a user interface perspective, before we toggle it to real money, it allows us to kind of play with what do people like with that interface and test how are people using it are they enjoying it can, how can we make it better and getting feedback from participants in the game so we're letting people have fun and then honestly they're helping us test for turning on sweeping and stuff in real life um so that's where our contracts are under audit right now which is great i uh, really excited and our full like sweeping mechanism the whole the whole nine is going live really soon so that's uh that's
2: awesome. Congrats yeah. on that.
3: Yeah, thanks. We're hoping, you know, there's there's lots of ways to buy NFTs. There's multiple aggregators. One of the big things the the smart contracts are not the most complicated part. Like it's a couple hundred lines of code, honestly, in terms of go purchase something. What's really hard is you're interfacing as this blend of um things that exist kind of dex like decentralized exchange style Versus like centralized components. So when you're interfacing with OpenSea's order book, order book meaning here's the NFTs that are for sale. Well, what happens if someone cancels it? What happens if somebody moves it? What happens if it gets bought? What happens if it gets bought on a different exchange? What happens on this exchange? Like all these rules... Building the cross-exchange order book so that you know this is the floor, this is the one, these are the NFTs that are for sale, this is what they're for sale for on these exchanges, it's actually available to be bought. That's actually the limiting factor on why there's not more aggregators out there because creating that, that global order book is quite hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a handful of, of aggregators that have done a pretty good job of it. No one I think has really just nailed it yet. Um, But that's what we spent quite a lot of time on creating order book. But then we didn't have the like, go buy 20 of these. (laughs) And like, we're like, Oh, crap, like we have the order book, we need to enable people to go buy 20 of these, you know, so that adding sweeps to that is, is great. And then what we hope we set ourselves apart is not being disconnected from the community side, not being disconnected from the fact that somebody wants to explore by trade. They don't just want to buy the floor, they want to look at like, I only want the one that has the fireball in its hand, you know, because that's the coolest one. I want three of those or whatever else you want to explore by look at top holders. You know, a lot of people like Nansen, for example, I think Nansen does a great job at an engineering level, but the interface is not like buy ready. It's like go dig into the analytics and we want to be able to present some of the analytics right alongside the purchase side of things. And um, you can go follow your wallets. You can aggregate your personal wallets all together. You can follow your friends and like stalk Michael as he's buying stuff and getting notifications on that. Like that stuff is in there too. So it's, we really tried to create kind of this kind of all in one solution. We don't really think anybody's done that well. So we hope that stands out and hope the market can recognize what we built there. But um, you know, the sweeping and the smart contract driven multi-exchange purchases kind of table stakes. And we think once we have that live and we have the other tools, it'll really stand apart compared to um, some of the other aggregation purchasing tools that exist out there
1: yeah no doubt when I was getting ready for this episode I was I've been on the site before I was following it I saw your launch however I caught wind of it but I hadn't spent too much time on it but there is a lot of great data and I really like to hear all the things that uh you're saying what is your like uh, do you guys charge or what is the monetization plan eventually for the
3: site? Yeah. So this is a really interesting topic across the board. I mean, we've seen this debate recently about royalties, for 100%, example. Yeah. Um, so really when you talk about where is value extraction from the transaction of an NFT, there's two places right now. There's the exchange fee and there's the royalty. Yeah. And uh some exchanges are saying, well, screw you to the royalty. And then also like some traders are saying screw you to the exchange, right? Like just essentially managing it completely outside of that spectrum and doing OTC or something, then you run into trust issues, right? The other element, and all of the aggregators pretty much have this as a toggle that's currently set to a fee of zero, which is maybe for a special type of transaction, we can charge a fee for that. Now, Jim or whoever may currently be charging nothing, but in the future, they might say, well, we're going to charge you half a percent to be able to buy from three different exchanges at one time or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a classic rake model, if you will, where you're taking a small amount of the transaction yep. for enabling a complex transaction. And to be honest, I think that's one route where in the future we might be able to might I, we might not. I have some other ideas for ways where you're enabling people to transact in unique ways that we haven't like enabled yet, but I mm-hmm. think that are different from the rest of the market. And it offers you to simultaneously provide a lower fee to the user and more safety for the user. And in that scenario, say we end up charging like 1% for that complex trade, right? Like this, a trade style that does not exist publicly right now. And we charge 1%. And if, if you were going to put that on an order book, a typical order book, you're going to charge 2.5% to OpenSea something like that. So we're giving you a better fee than exists elsewhere in the market in a more trusted way. And there's some other benefits too to the way that transaction would occur. We're happy with making that 1%. The user's happy because they're actually saving 1.5%. I'm making up the numbers, but you, you know, <laughs> roughly, um, everybody's happy. You create your monetization potential. The other element of this is oftentimes, like we're venture-backed, right? Like we raise money from investors Okay. So, what we really want is product market fit, meaning people use the site they like the site, they transact on the site, and what we've seen time and time again is companies that create product market fit, then they discover really valuable business models mm-hmm. um and you know i'll say we're we're fifty minutes into the show, so one of the things the rest of the nft business community has done pretty poorly is they're like well you can use this but you know what it costs 0.05 eth per month or something like that and they're sacrificing usage of their product that might be decent not sure not subscribing uh (laughs) for the revenue which is a little too early you know like they're they're maybe they're to raising money, maybe they just yeah. want to raise revenue in addition to raising, raising money from outside investors. And we basically just took the stance of like, hey, we'll sell equity to outside investors so that we can keep this product free, be as awesome as possible. And then we will find like mm-hmm. appropriate business models as we reach product market fit. And that's the bet that any startup makes when they're raising money and seeking to earn revenue. Google did not make money for a long time. And now they are a trillion dollar company. Amazon did not make profit. They made money, but they did not make profit for a long time. Uh, And now they're a trillion dollar company. And um, you know, you kind of look across the spectrum. Instagram was mocked for being acquired for a billion dollars. And now it's the saving grace of Facebook because Facebook Mm -hmm. acquired it for a billion dollars. It's worth hundreds of billions in revenue. I get, I get, lured in by instagram ads constantly and it infuriates me. <laughs> um but like these there are business models that exist whether it's ad driven or subscription driven or like just classical transaction driven across the spectrum of companies software companies and i think the same thing will happen in nfts but so many companies are really really short sighted of how are we going to make payroll 3 months from now versus you know what? We have great partners that are willing to give us money and then we're going to go find product market fit and we're going to over time find obvious ways that are win-win for both user and marketplace to you know take the next the right next steps. And we're seeing meltdowns across the board. Like there are collections that relied on their 5% rake from that transaction yeah. because they don't have other forms of utility no, and revenue yeah. generation for sure. And as volume is dried up, they're freaking out because they got no money yeah. coming in. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing exchanges looking at this and like, Oh, we'll be fine with our two and a half percent fees. And they're not like the exchange fees are going to go down. That is a natural thing. I said this quote tweeted very recently, but like a year, year and a half ago, I was like, this round trip execution fee is insane for NFTs. Like this really needs to be, sub 3% in my opinion for this to make any sense for a user to actually buy and sell NFTs and the more yeah. liquid the collection is the less the fee needs to be now if you're trading rembrandts then sure charge a 10% fee but you're christies and stuff and you're providing marketing and all kinds of additional services for promoting an auction in the if you're if you're trading a rembrandt if you're trading a concert ticket the fees should be low. The fees should be really low. And that's like, NFT should be disrupting the crap out of Ticketmaster and all those types of things where the fees are high and they're super liquid. Like we should be trading concert tickets on Flip. Like that makes a lot more sense yeah, to me. sure than does. I, was a,
1: I was a ticket broker for 17 years. Nice. Before NFTs, yep. So yeah, like, Add up those fees, man. There's like
3: yeah. breaks left and right. So yeah. I think the there's- thing all-
1: is, The thing is with Ticketmaster, they own all the venues too. So it's, it's kind yeah. of hard to, you know.
3: Yeah, but I think there's a ton of really interesting disruption opportunities in the real world where you've got this yeah. like digital physical blend and you're treating the NFT as a, a title or a deed or a receipt, which is actually what's in the spec for 721s. Yeah. It's a deed. It's a title. It's a it's a right to something. And as we start to do that with NFTs in the future, I think that'll be really cool in terms of what that does to uh, liquidity for for in real life stuff. Or experiences or whatever. And that's where a lot of the utility people are trying to create. It's like, oh well, it's the experience of being able to go to the Azuki party in New York. It's the experience of being able to have access to this movie we made or game that we made or whatever.
2: Yeah, that that's pretty much the only reason I have my doodle. I'm like, I just want to go to the events. You know? Yeah. It's all about the utility. That's um, a great
3: that's a me. great doodle, by the way.
2: Thank you. Please. I actually um traded with Poopy Cat. Uh Back when these were the floor, I know such a weird name, though. I love Poopy Cat. Like.
3: like you just um, say, I um, trade with Poopy just Cat. Totally I trade with Poopy
2: Cat. Like yeah, and nobody bats a, bats an eye. Um, but yeah, back when the floor was one ETH, which uh <laughs> the NFTs I traded him, it didn't exactly age well for him, but he's fine. Yeah,
3: uh, he is that your, is that an Avastar as well that you have?
2: Yes, it is. It's a replicate.
3: Nice. Uh, I've got some Avastars. Yeah. They've not done well. They're we cooler. just had Jimmy
2: on, um, which was cool. But I know the Avastars, it, it sucks how they, of you know, they never really...
3: They were ahead of their but, time. Yeah,
2: totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so we are kind of coming to a close here. I, I am curious on your thoughts on what's next in, I guess, the Web3 space. Because, you know, is it NFTs? Is it something else? Like, I don't know. What's next for the, the decentralized worlds yeah in your your opinion
3: okay so at times over the last year i've mocked the we are early people because the there's this like real adoption versus speculation gap right and the speculation got well ahead of the real adoption so we are early for real adoption we were not early for speculation of course like we saw the prices Uh, Start to normalize quite a bit. I think we're going to see more real adoption where the speculation is like people are just like, nah, you're not going to make any money on that. (laughs) You know, like the, the speculation, there's disbelief from the speculative side of things. But people are like, I do see the advantage of using an NFT to solve this problem that I have in my industry. Now, we've seen product market fit from an art perspective, especially digital art, generative art, things where the digital component was really important. What I think we'll see transition is two directions, right? One, where there's not a in real life component. So the, the digital first component is still what's real. So people have naturally pointed towards music as an example of that. But some unregulated industry of digital stuff is what I would say. That could be in-game items. It could be a community like Kickstarter style funding. Like community centric fundraising, really interesting one. Those That's the digital side of things. The the other side is what <laughs> I get made fun of for using this word, but fidgetal, right? Like the physical with a digital representation of the ownership. Well, it's not like that's uncommon. I go to any e-commerce store and I get a receipt emailed to me. It's like, oh, yeah, you bought these boots, you know, and it's a yep. digital receipt. Well, yep. I want the freaking NFT telling me I bought those boots because guess what? I want to flex my boot brand on my friends. And these are these are the real, like, uh, what's a famous boot brand? Fry, right? All, like Fry Boots. These are the real Fry Boots, and I've got receipts. Um, and
1: that receipt can be a piece of art as well. They can make yeah, it whatever. That, they can represent it however they want.
3: That's a really interesting, like, community yep. development component of it. Um, I think points programs, as boring as it sounds, it's a huge industry, right? Like points programs are gigantic. Uh, They should probably all run off NFTs and the liquidity component of if I could trade in my Marriott points for Delta points, like Sky Miles, you know, like that's a neat component and make that a a more public market. That's really interesting. I think um, this is where it gets really far out on the curve, but look at the corporate side of things. And I think things like, I used this example recently, maybe on up only, definitely at a uh, in real life event that I I did with my brother, which was fleet management as NFTs. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like you own a thousand trucks in your company, you're a utility company. How do you track all this details? All these details. Well, the year is metadata. The mileage is metadata. And essentially, the truck has the all this stuff that's associated with it. And then you're creating this capacity to both both value the current value of your inventory of your fleet and the liquidity even of it. Like You could say, hey, I have 20 trucks over here that meet X criteria, and we're going to go auction them off. And you just know because there's this uh, record in an NFT of what exists on your physical truck and there's like a whole protocol behind that and the 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 liquidity management of your fleet is recorded in nfts these are things that are very possible and i feel like if you're doing the whole like corporate blockchain development thing that's what you should be really studying is how can it make things better in that regard now will that hit the like you know the speculative nft side of things no but Is there a real role for the way NFTs and blockchain work together there and some wins for, you know, blockchain, blockchain protocols? Absolutely. Um, But even in the near term, I think it's like music or other unregulated industries that NFTs can go find product market fit and somebody makes it click in a way that's a win for both the creator and the consumer. And you'll see it happen. Events, in-game items, music. Those are my top candidates.
2: Hmm. that's very interesting yeah uh speaking of events just so i are you going to Art Basel at the end of the year
3: it's not on my calendar right now but i'm not opposed to it
2: Dude, you should be there first of all doodles is throwing an event
3: oh nice
2: september 2nd and uh, 3rd Doodle is it play. in miami again yeah yeah, yeah. well Art Basel is always in miami but yeah oh. there's a bunch of nft events happening like basically early like the first week of december slash ending of november um and there's always a lot of a lot of events and stuff
3: happening, but nice. I'm going to be in San Francisco. There's a, uh, some kind of blockchain week in San Francisco in early November. Nice. So I'll be there for a couple of days. Beyond that, I haven't set my schedule. I'm pretty bad about doing that. I usually like, Okay, if it's a month out, I'll plan. If it's more yeah. than a month out, I don't know.
2: Fair, fair.
3: But I feel like I need to make art battle. I had like massive FOMO last year during it.
2: Oh yeah, you got to go. Yeah, Michael goes like every year. He's, I mean,
1: he lives in Miami. Yeah, I love so. it down there. Yeah, I've been going for a long time. Before nice.
3: NFTs, yeah.
1: It's
3: a Wait, event. it it existed before NFTs.
1: <laughs> oh, art. Well, there's there's actually a place called Basel, Switzerland, which is like where it really happens, and then there's a there's an offshoot in Miami
2: say really?
1: Yeah. What the heck? Oh, fun facts. Yeah. That's
2: awesome. That is cool. Uh, Michael, do you have any last minute questions for Ledger, a.k.a. Brian?
1: Probably not questions, but honestly, this was a really good conversation. Got a lot of good perspective from you. I think the fantasy playing on flip.xyz is a brilliant idea. I think people that want to learn about the space and practice and take some chances and see how it goes uh that's a great place for people to show up and play and like you said it's free so it's really it's really a good thing for people to want to practice trading
3: yeah thanks for that and yeah. honestly like one of the things i use a ton that um a lot of people if you know you go to a site but you don't like log in We, you need to log in for creating some of the follow features but i follow a bunch of my friends i have like several of my own wallets connected so that it enables you to get kind of an aggregated view of some of your own stuff the the follow features you really can't get without the account but i feel like that's the biggest hidden feature of flip that doesn't exist very many places um so on top of the fantasy and get to know things like if you just want to get a better curated view of what's going on in your own nft life that's yeah. a nice one yeah.
2: so if michael buys something i can if i follow him I oh can you see- would
3: You'd know right away, yeah.
2: Oh, oh all right. I, I might need to start doing that. Start tracking Michael. Yeah. seeing what he's up to.
3: Yeah, yeah. am going to be like, it... "So
2: you bought this last weekend?" <laughs> how embarrassing.
3: Call me out on the... right, yeah. <laughs> call you... yeah, I'm
2: gonna call you. Oh my gosh! Wait, yes, I should do that. I'll call you. I'll be like, "Why did you sell this for a major loss?" Oh my <laughs> gosh. <goodness. laughs> That's great. Um, I... I actually uh the hundred 180... Challenge that that reminded me of um, when Michael, we had the looks rare pod crew on, and right. Uh, all right, no, I guess I went on their show for the 100 ETH challenge thing, but it was like Scaly Nelson, Debussy, I don't know if you know them, like Punk Fandelay. And we tried to do this 100 ETH challenge where oh, you pick a bunch of NFTs, you know, total value 100 ETH, and we tried to track, okay, who is you know, in a couple <laughs> months gonna be the winner. Ah, oh, it's just literally, it was so, it was so impossible, right? Exactly. But it was like we were trying to do it on spreadsheets and stuff. So, this is like, I'm like, wow, this could yeah. kind have of solved our problem.
3: Yeah. Um, the next, also, the next iteration um, of it, um, I think we've had enough like uptick and enjoyment from people, but you just make these for your friends or your community, right? Like, great. so there'll be some house rules. So, one of the things we might do is just say restrict the collections and you only want to trade blue chips or you only want to trade fluffs right like you can only trade fluffs to this one and it or, ha-
1: that'd be kind of fun
3: or like you can only have 12 people right something like that um so the the house rules component to your own leagues um is is something that we think would be fun to enable it may not be like right away but you know we've had enough people that have been really excited about it and they want to integrate it with their community or something so that'll that'll be kind of the next is thing the
1: trading just based is it just based on floor price
3: Yes. No, it's the execution. So this is where my coworker Brock, who won our company challenge, mm-hmm. he broke a bunch of stuff based on our simplified rules, which mm. was you could buy like a thousand of something at the floor. So right, the collection right, could be right, ten thousand right. So purchasing is actually in the real in the real deal. And we made it that way in the in the first iteration in-house. Uh, purchasing actually takes floor depth into account. So if you go on there and you sweep something, Mm -hmm. you try to buy a hundred, you're going to get slipped like 12% or something. right? And, but when you sell, this is the part that we, you know, you can only control so much when you sell, it allows you to sell at the floor price. But if you buy and get slipped too much and then you sell immediately, well, you're going to make a loss every time because you're going to get slipped on the way in, but you're not going to get slipped on the way out. It assumes you can sell with execution at the floor. But yeah, it's very much like real NFTs. Like you can't go just buy a ton right at the right at the floor. Um, What we didn't get to do is like trait based stuff because liquidity profile for traits are just not good enough across all collections. So you can have some serious gamification if you own, for instance, like I don't know what's a good trait, like the a golden punk or not a golden punk, a golden ape. And like the golden ape floor is a hundred and that's your ask. And then you remove your ask and now the golden ape uh, floor is 200 because there's only so many for sale. Mm -hmm. Well, you could then sell in fantasy for a hundred profit and then like roll it back. Right. And you just gamify the crap out of it where it's really much more difficult to gamify the floor um so it was like playing fantasy football is not the same as playing real football but it's still really freaking fun um and in this example it's pretty similar like if you can do if you can profit with fantasy flip you can probably profit in real life um now your sell execution won't be as good if you've ever owned too much of a collection and then you get you know the responsibility of selling it like you'll realize how that can be kind of tough but yeah, it's it's pretty close and there's also some cool stuff that I think we can do in the future like we've talked about like enabling essentially t wapping. if you all you know what that term is. So you're like, "All right, I bought these for 0.01. Jenny, you're you are the you're the value hunter, right?" So you got 0.01 ETH and then you're like, "I'm going to sell them from 0.02 to 0.1." And you just say like, "Just get me out of this as the floor goes up." Like that would be a cool concept, right? So that you just automatically are listing stuff at the floor as the floor goes up mm-hmm. and you're able to kind of get that average execution on the way out so that you you do well on the whole. Anyway, there's all kinds of stuff that you can play with and do for fun. And some of these things that I think are going to be able to go from fantasy to real life in a way that will be really, really interesting for people. So we think that we're going to learn a ton in this process as well. So we're we're motivated to keep making fantasy Cool.
2: That's exciting. Um, is are there prizes for this? Like,
3: yeah, there's a lot of prizes. That? um yeah. So we've actually had sappy seals and anata and woody's. I'm giving away a uh a, a, a crypto dick butt. So it's like a rare crypto nice. dick butt. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my wife wait, wait, like,
2: that, the, like the V1s or V2s?
3: I don't even know what that means.
2: Oh, <laughs> I think it, there was like the crypto dick butts, and then there was like and there was like version two, and then I think there's even three versions or something. I don't know. Like I don't know. Was mine's know. Like, there's like series of
3: them. Mine's pretty rare. You're um, probably original.
2: You probably haven't.
3: Yeah, it's original. The fl- I think the like trait based flow, Like I get those email like the offer like whatever someone's offered you. It's like it's worth multiple ETH. Um, so I had a friend named Charles. He gave it to me, and he was like, "The only caveat you can never sell." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> And then it became worth a lot. And I was like, Charles, you yeah. understand this NFT is ridiculous, right? And I was like, I would like to sell this. I didn't actually tell that. But in my head, I was like, I would like to sell. You know, that sounds that sounds great. Several thousand dollars in my pocket for something called a crypto dig butt. But I, I messaged Charles. I was like, hey, we got this game. What do you think? I'm not selling it. But like, if I bring awareness to your beloved crypto dick butts by giving it away, is that okay? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm giving away, I'm giving away one of those. And then we also have um, like zero X coffee. If you're familiar with them, they're giving away uh coffee to winners and you can win per week. And then you can also win, win the accumulative. So I think the prizes to winners are like several thousand dollars. Um, if you take, if you take the cake, so um, nice. yeah, we're excited.
2: Not bad.
3: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool.
2: All right. well, any, anything else you want to you want to say before we wrap this up ledger
3: no i've chilled like crazy i really okay. appreciate y'all <laughs> I, I really appreciate y'all having me it's been fun and uh y'all are y'all are really nice and um yeah check out flip that's yeah. all i got
2: look about well, xyz folks yes um this has been a really great episode and honestly very educational as well like it was it was great um you know, hearing all your thoughts on on everything and your insight, and um, I'm glad you got to, to um, escape Kobe for a bit to talk about NFTs. Let's go! <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you everyone for listening to the pod. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.
0: Oh Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.